This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So yes, this is an ominous sign as protests continue in Iran. A court in that country has handed down the first death sentence to a person arrested for taking part in those protests. The Revolution Court in Tehran, as the BBC reports, found the defendant, who was not named, had set fire to a government facility, was guilty of enmity against God and sentenced to death. And the concern that, that we are going to see more such sentences handed down by more courts. Right now, at least 20 individuals are facing charges punishable by death. That, likely, that number likely is much higher. and will continue to grow. We've already seen, of course, deaths on the streets as authorities crack down on these protests. Despite it all, Iranians are undeterred and the protests do continue as much as maybe we've been distracted uh, by other global issues. It's important to keep a close eye on what's happening in Iran. Now, worth noting yesterday as well, Canada designated Iran as a regime that has engaged in terrorism. Uh, Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino announcing yesterday the move means uh, many tens of thousands of senior members of the Iranian regime will now be inadmissible to Canada. Mendocino says the consequences will be severe. Those listed under the Immigration Refugee Protection Act shall be permanently inadmissible. They have no safe haven in Canada. This is the strongest sanction imposed on the Iranian regime yet. Well, joining us uh, for the latest on the situation in Iran, obviously somebody who's been following it uh, very closely. Very pleased to welcome back to the program here, Kavi Sharuz, a senior fellow of the McDonald Laurier Institute Center for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad. Kavi, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Always good to be with you, Rob. Thank you. Well, let's talk about what's happening in Iran right now, because these protests do continue, despite the obvious risk to those who are trying to push back and trying to speak out against the regime. We mentioned the death sentence that we've now seen for at least one court, perhaps more to follow. What's your sense of where things are at there now? Um, there is a growing uh, protest movement. You know, these, this revolution started a, a couple of months ago, and it's continuing. Um, the people are out in the street today um, and they will be at least for the next couple of days because these are um, the anniversary dates of an earlier uprising that took place in 2019 and so there have been calls for people to come out on the street um, and so I'm hearing a lot and seeing a lot of videos of people continuing to protest despite um, you know the violence and the threats that, that you alluded to and the death sentence that, that was announced I mean as, as you mentioned the protesters seem undeterred despite the um, horrific punishment that they may face if they're um, if they're captured by the regime. Right. I mean, maybe we shouldn't be surprised uh, to, to see this response from, from the regime and to see these sentences handed down. But nonetheless, I mean, we're now at this point where, you know, courts are going to hand down these death sentences. I'm sure we're going to see more to come. How does that change how we respond? Well, I, I don't think it should change how we respond. I mean, I think we should be well aware of the fact that this is a regime that has used brutality um, almost indiscriminately. Um, I, I apologize. I don't know if you're getting some feedback here. I'm going to very noisy place that I'm doing this call. Okay, yeah, um, no, you're sounding all right from our end. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, our, our, our officials should know that this is, a, this is a regime that has used indiscriminate violence in the past, um, and it's going to continue to do so. Um, and I think our strategy should be um, maximum solidarity with the people of Iran. And in the case of 
you know, protesters being sentenced to death, I think what we should be doing is is not forgetting about them. Our, our leaders, um, you know, the upper levels of our federal government should be speaking out about these folks by name. Um, and that seems to actually have an effect. And it seems to, um, you know, save people's lives. And I think we should be engaged in that practice. What's your sense of what the protesters have achieved so far? Because, you know, we haven't really seen anything like this. Even though we've seen protest movements in the past in Iran, this, this did seem different. But obviously, you know, there's, there's still a lot for them to overcome. And, and the regime is prepared to go to great lengths, obviously, as we've seen, to, to try to put all this down. But what would you say has been achieved at this point? That's a really excellent question. Um, I, I can't point to anything concrete. It's not like some policy has right. changed or, um, you know, any um, institution has changed hands. But I think what has changed is just the mentality with which people, both inside and outside the country, view the Islamic Republic. Um, the, the sense I get from talking to people inside the country is that they, um, you know, th- there is no longer any illusions about um you know, what what to do with this regime. For a long time in Iran, there had been a strain of thought that said, well, maybe we can reform the system, you know, using its own mechanisms. Uh, that thought is completely gone internally. Um, and externally, I think what the protests have achieved is um, they've pushed foreign leaders to take a much tougher line on Iran. And I think they've come to realize um, that Iran's regime may not be long for this world. So negotiating with them on major deals, like the like the nuclear deal that, that was being negotiated, um, might not be effective. Now, those JCPOA talks have not been completely suspended, but I would say that you know it's on life support, and it's very unlikely that the nuclear deal would be uh, would be revived in light of these uh, these protests that are taking place. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And we mentioned the announcement yesterday. You know, Canada has certainly taken measures against Iran, maybe stopped short of designating the uh, IRGC itself as a terrorist organization, but designating Iran as a regime that has engaged in terrorism. How significant a step is this? Um, I think it's a step in the right direction. It falls a little bit short of, as you say, uh, the activist demand. I've, I've certainly been demanding it that uh, the entirety of the IRGC be listed as a terror group. Um, we haven't got the government to do that just yet, but this is definitely a step in the right direction. Um, you know, the upper echelons of the regime should be prevented from coming into the country. Their assets um, should be, they shouldn't be able to bring their assets over. Uh, the problem, in my view, is that there are people with ties to the regime and um, their family members um, that are already here. And so we need to kind of identify those people and make sure that they don't continue to live here and don't continue to have safe haven here. Like, it's, it's just a, a very basic principle of fairness. You shouldn't be you know, destroying the lives of people in a different country and then come and live in the, in the safety and security of Canada. And I, I think we, we have some ways to go to achieve that. There are obviously those, you know, here in Canada and the West more, more broadly that have certainly been uh, apologists for the Iranian regime, maybe mouthpieces for the Iranian regime, kind of what you and others have referred to as the, uh, the Iran lobby. I think this has really changed the dynamic here and how we view all of this. But what have you noticed in, in recent weeks about those voices, those organizations? Have they gone quiet? Has, has something maybe permanently changed here, you think? 
Really excellent question. Yeah. So, I mean, there are people in academia, in the media, in think tanks uh, that have spent a lot of time uh, trying to justify the actions of the Iranian regime over the past couple of decades. Um, what I've noticed is, as you say, and you know, a lot of them have gone quiet. Um, some of them are now changing their colors and pretending that you know they're on the side of the people. Um, I don't think very many people are fooled, but I, what it does tell you is that, uh, kind of what I was saying earlier, um, the mood has completely shifted so that arguments about reforming the system or, oh, you know, this is a, a regime that we might be able to do business with, those hold no currency anymore. Um, and so even people that had served as apologists feel that they can no longer make those arguments. And I think that's a really wonderful development, and we owe it to the courage of the people on the streets. Uh, we mentioned the death sentence, but something else I want to call attention to, and you and others have been uh, trying to to call attention to the plight of a, a prominent Iranian activist, Hossein Ranagi, uh, who is in prison, in, in the notorious Evan prison in Iran, uh, but real concern for his well-being, his life may be in danger. What What's the situation around Hossein? Yeah, uh, this was a very, very frightening situation. I mean, it still remains dangerous, but I think we're uh, the absolute worst of it may have passed. Um, so Hussein Ronari is a, is a well-known dissident. Um, he was uh, taken without any real cause. I mean, he was he was just taken into detention. Um, it's said that his legs and his arms were broken. He's certainly been uh, subjected to torture. And then the last couple of days, um, there was worry that he was being transferred, that he was very sick and he was being transferred to hospital. Um, and, and he may be close to death. Um, and the regime wasn't taking care of him. Um, there was an outcry, um, including from some top officials in the United States. Uh, the regime did release a photo of him in the hospital with his mother yesterday, so it seems like he's alive and perhaps on the route to recovery. But it's a very precarious situation with him and a lot of other prominent dissidents. And that's why I said earlier in the interview, it's really important that our officials name these people by name uh, so that the regime knows that they will be held accountable if anything happens to them. The regime in Iran bears responsibility for, for Hossein Ronari and any of the other, other people that they've taken into detention, and they need to understand that. And of course, as if there weren't enough reason to, to sanction and condemn the Iranian regime, of course, we've uh, heard reports in recent weeks that they've continued to provide support, even drone technology, to Russia uh, to allow Russia to wage war uh, further in Ukraine. Uh, I mean, it's, it just adds on to everything else. But what about that dynamic? Certainly. And, and what it tells you is that, you know, these criminal regimes around the world tend to cooperate. And it's so important that then the free world cooperates in, in opposing them. You know, the, the Russia question and the Iran question, it's becoming obvious, are not separate questions. You know, one helps the other. And, and in turn, Russia actually provides repression technology to to Iran. Um, certainly, you know, this this bolsters the argument that Iran is a, is a sponsor of terror. It's not only terrorizing its own neighborhood, but it's also providing the means to terrorize Ukraine. Um, and I think it's all the more reason to know that this regime has to go, and that it, once this regime is replaced, you're going to see uh, more peace and, and prosperity in the region and, and uh, you know, across the world. It's not going to solve all of the world's problems, but it will solve a lot of thorny issues around the world. Much more at mcdonaldlaurier.ca. Kev, I appreciate the uh, update and the insight. Thanks so much for joining us here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.